This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for jumping in on the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Glad you're here today. It's a day to celebrate good things in my mind. Not good things in my mind, but as far as I'm concerned, I think a Bears fan today has to feel good about a handful of things. And I want to go over the good and then some of the not so good and some of the near future. And I also will not get through this commentary today without acknowledging an obvious factor that's uh, that's part of the problem of his job. Al Michaels needs to putt out on 18. I'll get to the uh, Amazon crew Last night, I'm a Kirk Herbstreet fan, but even Herbie got on my nerves a little bit last night. Not for reasons some of the other analysts do. The overselling of every player on the field, pimping essentially for the NFL. Uh, Herbie doesn't do that, but he got caught last night being out of town. Stupid, as we used to say on terrestrial radio. Maybe someone still does. I can't tell you. Uh, I know that to be a fact. I want to let you know, and boy, if you didn't buy in early yesterday, You could have been trapped. I saw the Bears went up to three and a half yesterday, and and then it came back down to three. That's where I saw it before the ball went in the air last night. But uh, if you bought it at three and a half, you had to be extremely pissed off the way events went down because they deserved to win by more than three points. But you don't take it away, which was a problem again last night, and you can't bitch about not scoring a lot of points it's a 16-13 final week 10 in the books for the Bears the tank bowl as some were referring to it last night I guess you could say it went the Bears way because they give Carolina another loss at least for the short term the Panthers leapfrog Arizona and get the number one pick in the draft and with Kyler Murray returning for the Cardinals you gotta think they are going to win Probably more games than the Panthers will the rest of this season. So, looks like Carolina is in good position to have that number one pick, which means the Bears have their choice. Is it Marvin Harrison Jr.? Is it the quarterback from USC whose stock has dropped in recent weeks, really starting with their uh, their Notre Dame game? We'll, we'll find out, but uh, it looks good for the Bears, who today have the first and fifth picks in the 2024 NFL Draft. I want to let all of you know you can get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. 10K to put down in props. Man, that would be sweet. Get it this weekend so you can plunk down on the Bears when they get into this divisional opponent stretch of their schedule. Patty Cake Lane has, uh, has concluded for the next month. Uh, bet $10 in same-game parlays with the squares icon to earn a square. Everybody always wants to talk about quarterbacks, and I understand that. It's the most important position in professional sports. Here's a Reader's Digest, or a Cliff's Notes version for you millennials who don't know what Reader's Digest is or was. 
uh, on the quarterbacks. Tyson Bajant last night, I thought was pedestrian. I understand that he was making his fourth NFL start. He looked so good in the first half, most of the first half against Nolans last week. I was expecting more of that. I was hoping being home would uh, would give him a little bit of a pick-me-up, and I thought the Bears would start stronger than they did. That wasn't the case. Bajent a little bit more off than usual. However, he played turnover-free football, didn't cough it up, and didn't throw a pick. He was uh, 20 of 33 for 162. No tutties, no picks, and was not sacked. That's cool. And I would have liked to seen him run it a little bit more than he did. He took off six times, and he rushed for 12 yards. But as a team, the Bears ran the ball very well. They established their identity. Deontay Foreman carried the ball 21 times, which is uh, it's like if you were to look at that in 80s language or 70s language, that would be that would be 35, 40 rushes. In today's game, 21 totes is a huge volume. Uh, Foreman was the best player on the Bears offense last night by far. On the Bears' defense, I will tell you why Kyler Gordon gives me so much reason to be hopeful for you Bears fans about where they're going in the future because their positional strength is a damn good one to have in the NFL. It was obvious Bears OC Luke Getzey wanted to get uh, TJ Moore, DJ Moore involved early last night. They targeted him, I think, nine times. He caught five balls for 58 yards, no touchdowns, obviously. The Bears' only touchdown of the night came from Deontay Foreman on a short plunge. But I, I like the idea, even if it's slip screen, even if it's real fast, quick hitter stuff, you lessen the chance of a young quarterback being chased around and doing foolish things, even though he hasn't done that a ton. But uh, yeah, throw those quick, short routes. I don't care if he runs two steps and just turns around and gets hit with a bullet. Uh, that's what you do. And uh, it was good to get more involved. Carolina's long play of 45 yards was the only explosive play of the night. Uh, the reception by a guy who looks like his name should be pronounced Michael Strahan, but I think it's Straken, S-T-R-A-C-H-E-N, uh, at the back end of the Michael. His 45-yard catch from Bryce Young was the longest play of the night the Bears' long play was 16 yards, although they got it twice. They had it twice. They had it on a uh, Tyler Scott rush, and uh, the fourth-round pick out of Cincinnati looks effective. Uh, not a real big physical guy. Took one hit uh, as a receiver over the middle last night and looked like a man, but I like him getting uh, one or two touches as a runner every week. I think that's been effective for the Bears, and I think they have to continue to, uh, to deploy that. What I think is the best thing about the Bears last night, even though they didn't get takeaways again, and their turnover differential is the worst in the league. It didn't move last night. They're still a minus nine. They didn't give it away. They didn't take it away. That's worst in the league. But uh, their secondary is goddamn good. That's a real good strength to have. In this NFL, in this era, uh, especially with the short passing game and guys who play corner who can tackle is extremely valuable. And we spent so much time talking about the very important pass rush. And I'll get to Montez Sweat and company in a moment. Yannick Ngakwe busting some grapes Thursday night at Soldier Field. But Gordon 
is is really terrific. He had seven solos last night. That was tops on the Bears. Five solos for Jaquan Brisker. They both are second-year players. We were encouraged, most of us, by how well they played last year as rookies. They're, they're following up this year when healthy. Gordon came back from his injury, and he's been very impactful. He's been terrific. I like the way this kid tackles. He's not a large man, but he gets to the point of attack when they're bringing him close to the line of scrimmage very, very quickly. He's got a great sense of when the ball is going to be snapped, and I thought he was the game's number one or number two star last night, if I can use hockey parlance the uh, morning after. Our uh, our Messiah, Connor Bedard, scores uh, a couple of times for the Hawkers. Um, defensively, three sacks last night. Very good. As I mentioned, Yannick Ngakwe, very, very good last night. It was his best game of the year. That's not an enormous statement. Jalen Jones, also effective. And here's the rub on Montez Sweat. And I am going to talk with somebody behind the scenes. I don't think it's necessary to do it here on the podcast or on my terrestrial show on Fridays in Northwest Indiana on WJOB Hammond. You can get that anywhere in the world, by the way, on the free tune-in app. Um, What defines a pressure? Because I didn't see Montez Sweat making impactful plays. I didn't see him harassing Bryce Young all night. Next-gen stats gave him credit for eight pressures. Does a pressure include a pass rusher jogging after the quarterback when he is flushed out and is going to throw the ball out of bounds and he gets within two strides of the much faster quarterback? Is that a pressure? Is, you know, is just pushing the quarterback by his shoulder pads at the time of his release and not impacting the throw. Is that a pressure? I I'm looking for him to be around the football more and the stakes are high when you're paid huge money. I need more than eight pressures and three quarterback hits. That's not bad. I need sacks. I need fuffs. Give me the forced fumble. Those are the guys who earned those enormous contracts. And last Saturday, the Bears rewarded Montez Sweat smartly with a long term. Otherwise, it was a stupid ass move by Ryan Poles to trade for him. But they give him that $98 million deal over four years. You're making almost 25 mildo a season. You got to knock the quarterback on his ass regularly, and you have to get sacks, and you have to get strip sacks. Now, I'm going to watch the first half again, academically. I didn't do it this morning. I had a ton of stuff. I, I No excuses. I didn't do it this morning, and I should have. I isolated on sweat in the second half, and he was single blocked. That right tackle of Carolina had his number in the second half, and it looked to me like sweat was gassed. And it's not like the Khalil Mack gassed when they got the pass rusher who had no training camp in 2018 and ran out of gas in the second half against Green Bay on Sunday night football to open the year after a world-shaking second or first half in that game. Sweat didn't have the world-shaking first 30 minutes. And the second half, he was a non-factor. He looked tired. He was single blocked. Those are facts because I watched him every snap. And you're going to hear people, you probably will hear his defenders 
And I'm a Montez Sweat fan. I was glad they traded for him instead of Chase Young. I thought that was the right move. So I'm a thumbs up, and I'm optimistic he's going to be an important piece. And he's going to be good. Don't know if he'll be great, but right now, good is most desirable from a Chicago standpoint. You got to get there. You got to take the ball away. And he has not been impactful. You want to see a guy who's impactful. The Bears are playing Cleveland in a month. Now, I know this is the standard in the league, so you might say, oh, it's an unfair comparison because Miles Garrett, number 95, is a defensive player of the year candidate. He wrecks games, man. He destroys quarterbacks. He is a nightmare. He won the game for Indianapolis two weeks ago or three weeks ago. That's a difference maker. Game after game. T.J. Watt may not get there four or five times a night with hits, but his sacks and his strip sacks give the Steelers, who like the Bears, have a very pedestrian offense. It gives them a chance to win those tight games. So I, I want to see next time out, and you got the Lions, Vikings, and Lions coming up. Oh, my. Divisional games. I want to see Sweat make a meaningful tackle. I want to see him force fumbles. He needs to do that to earn that $98 million. I don't know what it is about Bears fans, but unlike Cubs fans who take the biggest rap for being lemmings, you know, for so many years, lovable losers, sheep tickling turnstiles at Wrigley Field for bad teams, they expect the best out of the highest paid players in team history. When John Lester signed with the Cubs, and didn't perform his first year and a half or so, maybe even his first full two years, Cubs fans were rougher than hell on him. They should have been. He was there to bolster the staff. Oh, I love bolster. Uh, with Jake Arrieta and Kyle Hendricks, and he was going to make them a contender. Ultimately, he did. Hugely a part of their 2016 World Series. But Cubs fans let him have it for a while, as they did Alfonso Soriano who was the reason they got to the playoffs in that 0-7 season, and he might have been the only guy who hit in one of those divisional series, Diamondbacks and Dodgers. They didn't win a game between those two series in 0-7 and 0-8. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Cubs fans today because if I'm doing baseball fans, I'd rather do Sox fans and talk about the pity party they're having for themselves this weekend because – the great Jason Benetti has left the TV, TV booth. I should devote an entire podcast to the dysfunction of the brain of a Sox fan. But uh, I, I'm ready for Fields to come back in summation. I'm ready for the Bears defense to, God damn it, make plays that get turnovers. Please take the effing ball away. And they don't do it enough. They just don't. I, I like keep away last night. 3.6 yards per rush is fine for me when you're getting 33 minutes time of possession. Al Michaels, as I'll get to him now, made the comment, this is 100 years of Bears football. Run the ball and stop the run. He's right. He's right. Eliminate the bad quarterback factor as much as possible. And one way to do that is just muscle people. Bears offensive line was better last night. They only had well, only seven penalties. Yeah, it's not a high grade, but it's not as bad as they had been in recent weeks. And uh, I didn't qualify any of this by talking about how horrible the Panthers are. 
because, you know, that's why the Bears and Panthers are right there in the top five for the draft next year. They're both bad teams. And I know the Bears, when they've played well defensively the last five weeks, over the last five weeks, when they've had good defensive games, not so much against the Chargers, almost two weeks ago now. But uh, you, God, I, I'm off of it. I'm off. I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. Is what I was trying to think of was Justin Jefferson not present for the Vikings game when Minnesota went two for thirteen on third down. Yeah, they they did it with the great KJ Osborne as their huge threat. Al Michaels, Al Michaels, Albino, as Dennis Miller used to call you on Monday Night Football. Man, you have had a Hall of Fame career. Many could say it's unrivaled as a play-by-play man. If they ever actually did a Mount Rushmore of the four most prominent, most recognizable, most impactful voices in the history of American sports broadcasting, Al Michaels goes on it. He might be the first name I would put on it. Time to put in on 18, Al. You're not interested. And the description, by the way, is uninterested. People need to stop saying disinterested. Disinterested, by definition, that's what a judge should be in a court of law, impartial. If you're disinterested, it means you don't care. You know, you don't have no vested interest in it. When you're uninterested in it, that means you want nothing to do with it. Now, Michaels has said he's coming back next year. He's going to do it again next year. I wish he would reconsider because he is staining the the last few holes of his fantastic Hall of Fame career that began 43 freaking years ago with the 80 Olympic team and Do You Believe in Miracles? He has been entrenched in American pop culture for four decades plus. Congratulations, Spend time with your grandkids. Try, a you know, some steamed broccoli next to your steak next time you hit Chicago cut. But if you need to interview a center from a really good NFL team, a, a Super Bowl contender probably this year in Philadelphia, to help you get through a quarter of a football game, and Jason Kelsey was good, but it had no point in a regular season game in Week 10. It had no place there. It felt like a preseason game. Now, you had two of the worst teams in the NFL. I understand that. You're trying to get people in Enid, Oklahoma, and Bangor, Maine to watch this shit fest. I get it. Put a great player on from an era gone by from one of the two combatants. Brian Urlacher is not hard to find. He's a Hall of Famer. Luke Keekley is going into the Hall of Fame. He's been out of the league for a couple years now, and he's kind of disappeared unless you're a Panther fan who hears him occasionally on Carolina radio. He did it last year for the first time in a limited capacity. I caught him on Sirius XM over the weekend. Uh, Got some work to do as a broadcaster, but one of my favorite players in the NFL in the 21st century, a guy who played that cover too, just like Erlacher, great ball skills, can cover deep middle, and had his career sadly truncated after eight seasons because of concussions. He did the right thing. He walked away. He would have been a great interview. Rebooting your life at the age of 29? That's that's not something most of us can relate to. That has to be horribly daunting, despite his fame and the money Keekly earned. And if he was in town with Carolina Radio, 
get him in there for a quarter. I don't think the Panthers would mind. Man, Al Bino just completely. I didn't know if Deontay Foreman broke his leg or not. You got a sideline reporter there. You're talking to Jason Kelsey for an entire quarter, I think. And Deontay Foreman is is not on the field and you don't say a word about it. In fact, once Kelsey had to stop Michaels in Herb Street to say the ball's being snapped here. Let's go to the play. Thank you for directing the orchestra. Al Michaels never smiled wider, a big old gape of a grin. And it was it was on TV too when he had Kelsey with him. He was delighted to be taking a short-term break from the son of the wrist wrestler. And he noted it used to be called wrist wrestling. Thank you. Uh, most celebrated NFL wrist, uh, wrist wrestler, probably Ed White of the Minnesota Vikings. God damn, am I old. That goes back a few years. Paving the way for Chuck Foreman, good old number 44. Took me a long time to warm up to Al Michaels early in his career. I had heard things from most credible sources, like Vern Lundquist, that he was a real prick. Used to have a special pillow for flights and would deride a producer if the special pillow weren't delivered. That's right. Warm and fuzzy Vern Lundquist told me that story 20 years ago. But as a play-by-play man, he's he's good. He's great. He's a Mount Rushmore guy. Walk away. Spend time with the grandkids. Get a few more holes in. And you don't have to worry about the comb over on Thursday nights anymore. Walk away. Walk away. You've had an amazing ride. Enjoy it. Because these Thursday night games are not doing it for you, Albino. Have a great NFL Week 10. Next week, I am going to share with you finally, and boy, if this doesn't happen, oh boy, there'll be an ugly Zoom meeting midweek. We're going to get you part two of the interview with Eric Kramer. I've been promising that for a little while. There's been breaking news. There's been a lot of bears, things we want to get to. So uh, it's been pushed back. But this is the part of the interview where Eric deals with his living hell after the uh, fatal, su- or not a suicide, his his son uh, passed away from a drug overdose when Griffin was 18 years old. That was a few years ago. And a few years after that, Eric attempted suicide. He is an amazing mental health advocate because he's worked his ass off to get healthy. And you can tell, and he looks great, and you can watch it on YouTube next week. So that runs next week. I'm going to do a little uh, impromptu fishing trip. I'm going to go set some hooks on a huge-ass muskie in the Northwoods this weekend. I'll tell you about it on my terrestrial show. Adam Delavitt won't like it if I do it here, even though Randy Merkin, who's our coordinating producer, would enjoy it. He likes fishing. He's the best Jewish fisherman since Jesus, who made us all fishers of men. Delavit, thank you for captaining the ship. Um, <laughs> Big Adam and Sam Michael, my executive producer. Merkin, you're the good. So are you, Troy Mocker, Alex Pastor, everybody at Bet Rivers. Thank you for your help. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, bet winners this weekend. Take points every now and again. Often it works. I'm Dan McNeil. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.